I want you to go to Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 3 to 6. I'm sure we all know this scripture. Starting at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to what? Adoption. Everybody say adoption. As sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted. Everybody say accepted. Accepted in the beloved. Amen? A few years ago, um, I used to receive phone calls from time to time, usually when I was eating dinner. And I'm sure you guys could relate to it. From this overly excited salesman who gets on the phone. Hey there, Mr. Homeowner. How are you this evening? Is everything okay with you? Okay. This is an urgent call. And it's to inform you that you have been pre-approved. You've been pre-approved. You can refinance your house at a reduced rate. Lower monthly payments, get cash in hand for your equity, and spend it any way that you would want to. Go on a vacation, buy a new car, it's all there for you. Now, how many know it really sounds good? And it really always sounded good. It sounded like a great idea that I would have seriously considered it, except for one problem. There was a problem here. I didn't have a mortgage on my house. I had paid off my home. So I didn't have a mortgage. So I always wondered how I was able to be pre-approved for a better interest rate when my house was already paid off. There was no mortgage to refinance. And I also, I'm sure you too, used to get in the mail this bulky envelope, and sometimes I still do, and in it it's containing credit card offers that tell me I have been pre-approved. And they tell me about this wonderful credit card membership that charges no annual fee, 2.3 interest rate for six months, and you could transfer all your balances onto it. And we go so on and so on, see? I suppose there are many that would find it an irresistible opportunity to do this, and I used to do that. Me and Pastor Lou used to sit in there What can we transfer this week? Right? Until we paid off everything. But how many have done that? We could pay it off. 
And I wondered how these businesses were getting such detailed information about me that they could approve me for a credit card in advance. How could they do that? And then I looked a little closer at the wording on the brochure. And this is what it really actually says. You have been pre-approved to receive this special offer. And then there's a little asterisk. And you go down to the bottom of the page, and it says something like this. Subject to credit approval, income verification, and employment history, and so on and so on. You have to come up with all these things. So I come up and I happen to look at these a little differently now. I'm honored that I was now pre-approved to receive their junk mail. I'm honored. How honored I was to be pre-approved to receive an offer that I might not even qualify for. I'm honored. See, it kind of took the thrill out of, the thrill out of being pre-approved. Because then I realized that in this context, the word really doesn't have any meaning. In that context, <coughs> that pre-approved <coughs> word has no meaning. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> now, as I thought about it, I realized something. <coughs> that many people think this is similar to how the gospel works. <coughs> Went down the wrong pipe. They think this is really how the gospel really works. They think that everybody has been pre-approved to get the offer to hear the gospel. But the question remains whether they have what it takes to get fully approved. See, I can't tell you the number of people who have told me, I want to be a Christian. I really do. But I don't think I have what it takes to fulfill all the obligations of the Christian life. I just don't think I have what it takes. I've also heard people who are already Christians. I'd like to be used by God. I really would. I really believe God could really use me. I would like to accomplish something meaningful with my life. I would like to do something great for his glory but I really don't think I qualify. You see, I've got some bad credit. Some bad marks on my Christian report card. I've disappointed myself. And you know what? At times I've really disappointed God. Now I know he loves me, but then he has 
He has to. I mean, no, God has to because he loves everybody. But I don't think he sees much potential in me. Saints, I've known believers and unbelievers alike who feel this way. And I'm sure you do too. Non-believers who are afraid to take the plunge into the Christian life and begin following Jesus. All because they don't think they qualify and they don't believe God could truly accept them. And believers who, while they accept the fact that they have been saved, they don't really believe that God can make something of their life. And then when they hear the Holy Spirit speak to them, they think, he's not talking to me. The Holy Spirit's not talking to me. I mean, I realize I'm included in this offer, but he can't be really, really talking to me. Saints, I want you to know something. I want you to know today that God has pre-approved you. He has pre-approved you for a wonderful, meaningful, fulfilling life. And that the pre-approval is complete. There's no asterisk. There's no small print. You have been pre-approved by God to live a great life in Him. And all you have to do is accept the offer because you are already pre-approved. You already qualify. Now, this is not the case where you receive the offer in the mail and where God says, I have great plans for you. And then you respond and he says, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. On a second thought, Johnny, on a second thought, Phil, there's a little too much baggage that you are carrying from your past. There's this baggage that we really can't work with. So I must withdraw this abundant life offer for the time being. Saints, that's not how it works. You have been pre-approved by God, pre-approved by God, not just to hear the offer, not just to hear about it, but to live it. We need to live it. So my question is, what exactly have you been pre-approved for? What kind of life offer has God made available to you and me? What does he have that he has pre-approved us, and what does he have to give us? In Ephesians chapter 1, which we just read, Paul talks about the kind of life that God has chosen in advance for his people to live. Okay? And today, this morning, I want to look at three things 
that God has designed for you to experience. These are three things for which you are qualified. You can reach out and take each one of them today. So let's look at them. Number one, you have been pre-approved to be completely his. Completely. Not a little bit. Not just a shy. Not just my head. Completely. You have been pre-approved to be completely his. Verse 5. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, saints, some people like to zero in on that word predestination. We're not going to zero in on predestination. That's what I'm here to talk to you about. What I'm here to talk to you about is I want to zero in on a word that's very important to me and very important in my life and my family's life, adoption. Adoption. My grandfather was an orphan, never got adopted. We have adoption in my family. I have nieces and nephews who are now in there and adopted into the Amendola family. They're part of our family. Okay? I want to talk, adoption is very important to me. So I want to talk about adoption. Adoption is a specific word that Paul used to describe your relationship with God. Okay? Your relationship with God. How many know adoption was a Roman custom? It was not a Jewish custom. It's a Roman custom. Matter of fact, the word adoption doesn't even appear in the Old Testament. Okay? So it's a Roman custom. But Paul introduced it in his writings because he knew that his audience, the people that he was speaking to, would understand the significance of the term adoption. You see, Roman adoption didn't always occur between parents and infants. A parent didn't go somewhere, take an infant, and adopted it. There was other things that the Romans included in adoption. Sometimes for political reasons or for business reasons, the patriarch of the family would adopt an adult to be his son or daughter. He would adopt them. And as as such, an adoption was binding in every legal aspect when he would adopt it. The person adopted was given something. He was given a new identity. That person that was adopted was given a new identity, and he was also given a new, thank you, a new name. Okay, a new identity, 
and a new name. His old obligations All the old debts were wiped out as he began a new life with his new family. How many remember the movie Ben-Hur? Ben-Hur saves Quintus, whatever his name was, the Roman general of the Navy. He saves him from being drowned, puts him on a raft, all of a sudden, the Roman guy had, thought he lost the war. The Roman general thought he lost the war, but he really won the war. Now he was happy. He takes Ben-Hur, Judah Ben-Hur. And he says, now you're going to come with me to Rome. And he goes into Rome on the chariot with this big general. And he's a new person. He's getting a new identity. And as he goes along... He gets everything that Quintus, do you remember Cyril, what his name was? Okay, you know. You know, what is it? Sicarius. The, whatever, okay, Sicarius. We'll give him that one. <laughs> so he gets everything of Quintus Sicarius. Everything. His ring, new identity. And he goes back to where he came from, Jerusalem, as Quintus Zacharias. New identity. Everything, everything that that man owned was given to him. Everything. Now, upon being adopted, the adopted one became an immediate partaker of the family inheritance. Judah Ben-Hur got everything. How many know you get everything that God has? Everything. You see, in our way of seeing it, you receive your inheritance when somebody dies. My aunt just passed away. She left all her nephews and nieces an inheritance. Okay? That's what she did. When somebody died, you get it. When my dad died, he left this. When my mom, you know, whatever. In the Roman world, a person received their inheritance when they were born or when they were adopted into the family. That's why Paul said in Romans 8, 16 and 17, that we are children of God and of children, then we are heirs with Christ Jesus. Now, another thing about it is that we, that it was permanent. It was once and for all. It was a permanent arrangement. Now, I'm going to get a little personal here. When my sister came home and my brother-in-law came home with little Anthony, he was like this, uh, six months old or so, me and Mary were there with him when she brought him home. Uh, we had adopted Anthony. Then when she went and got adopted Donna, who are now 50 and 51 years old, okay? And she brought them home, and they were her children. My brother-in-law, they were Genera's, which is my brother-in-law's name. Anthony Genera and Donna Genera. They were given that name. 
They have everything that my sister and brother-in-law had, and they had every, every family. They had grandmothers. They had uncles. Uncle Phil was there. Aunt Mary was there. Everybody was there. Uncle Jackie. They were all there. Everybody was there. The whole Amendola clan is part of their family. They were, became part of the family. Now, some 49 years, or well, 48 years later, a young girl calls, Anthony, and says, I'm your sister. So my sister got a little upset because she's the only mother that he ever knew. But now he has another mother. Okay? So we all met. Big combo, you, you know, kumbaya meeting. Or a bunch of family members. Everybody. It was a huge, huge group. But my nephew said, uh, you know, I appreciate that you found me. But I have a mother. I have aunts. I have uncles who took care of me. I had a mother who was up with me when I was laying in bed crying, when I was sick, when I had this thing, when I had that thing, everything. My mother was there. Her name is Vivian. And my, my father, I love you. I'll honor you. But I have a mother and father. That's a line. That was adoption. Very important to me. Very, the word is very important to me. See, I'm saying this that this is the relationship that God has chosen for you. He has adopted you as His own. You are His child. You are His son. You are His daughter. The life that you had before you became a follower of Jesus Christ is done. It's gone. It's over. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. The old has gone and the new has come. You have been adopted into the family of God and all that is his is yours. Think about what that means. If you're just thinking about a cash register, you're missing the point. If you're just thinking that it's about money or that he's got all these, that you're missing the point. It's a lot greater than that, saints. As an heir in the family of God, you have unlimited access to joy, to peace, to love, to mercy, to grace to forgiveness and power and victory. They are the riches of God's glory and they're yours to experience. Give the Lord some praise this morning. Number two, you have been pre-approved to be blessed. To be blessed. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. It's not that 
God might want to bless you, or maybe someday I'll bless you. Paul says that he already has blessed you. The blessings are yours. They're already in your account. They're right there. You just have to accept them. I thought about this. Has it ever occurred to anybody to wake up every day by saying, God, I want to receive every blessing that you have in store for me today? Now, some people may think that's selfish. Okay? I'm going to tell you why. Because when Bruce Wilkerson wrote the prayer of Jabez, how many remember that? The greatest criticism he received was over the fact, first part of the prayer, which says, God bless me indeed. That was the greatest criticism that he received about that prayer. Some people said it was selfish. Some people said it was materialistic, that it was wrong. No, saints, it's scriptural. It's scriptural. That's why he has made every possible spiritual blessing available to his people through Jesus Christ. He wants you to be blessed. You have already been pre-approved to receive blessings in your life. Now, you're going to say, which blessings? What are you talking about, Pastor? Which blessings? Well, which blessings do you need? Do you need victory? Anybody need victory in something today? Anybody need wisdom today? Anybody need patience? Anybody need some joy today? Anybody need hope today? Anybody need some favor today? So come on, let's ask him for patience, for hope, for favor. He has already signed off on each one of them. They're part of your inheritance. They are in your account today. You just need to accept the offer. God has approved you for adoption. You are completely, irrevocably His. He has put every spiritual blessing from Jesus Christ in your account. And they are there for you to receive. But how many know that's not where the pre-approval process ends? God not only approved you for adoption and for a life of blessing, you have been approved to become good. You've been approved to become good. Verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God makes it very clear in Scripture that his plan for his people is that his people become good, that they become like Jesus. Romans 8.29, for those that God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
This is the part that many people find intimidating. I could never be holy. I could never be good. I could never be like Jesus. There's too much in my past. I have faced and I have failed too many times. I know what I'm really like. And I know I don't qualify for his goodness. Now, if God's strategy in building his people was the same as the credit card companies, then you may have a point. If it's just like the credit cards, then you may have a point. Because a lot of times you don't, they're not going to accept you. Because you have failed, maybe, whatever. You, you have made a point. They often refinance your house when you don't even own a mortgage on your house. They send you an offer for a low interest card with the intention to decide later if you're really qualified and their promise of pre-approval really means absolutely nothing. That's not what God does. He doesn't ask you to do what is beyond your potential to do. Okay, saints? He doesn't. He doesn't call you and reject you in the same moment. The reason God chose you to become holy and blameless in his sight is because it is possible. It's possible. I don't care what you say. Oh, I can never make it. Oh, you don't know, Pastor, what I've been through. No. It's possible. It's possible. Regardless of what you have seen in yourself in the past, regardless of what you see in yourself today, God sees the person you can become. He took me, and I'm sure he took a lot of you guys, out of the miry pit. Because he's seen a potential that he was going to do in you down the road. He's seen 40 years down the road, I'd be here. When he called me, almost 40 years ago, he knew that I would be here today. He knew the potential I had in me, even though I didn't think I had that potential. All I was was a cop in New York City, doing my own thing. Come on. But he's seen something totally different. He's not dangling some junk mail and some junk mail offer in front of you to tell you later that you don't measure up. I'm sorry. You know, uh, he's telling you today, this is who you can become. Holy and blameless in my sight. This is your destiny. This is your identity. If you will accept it.
you see you've already been pre-approved. And if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's a great day to make that choice. Beautiful day to make that choice. He's inviting you to be his adopted son or his adopted daughter. Come on. To share the fullness of his blessings through his son, Jesus Christ, and to discover a life of meaning and fulfillment and everything good. I'll invite you to make that choice today, this morning. And saints, as I end this morning, if you've been a believer for a very long time and a believer for a while here, and I believe there's probably everyone here, maybe one or two, who are believers in this congregation this morning. But you've been disconnected from these powerful promises that are here this morning. These are powerful promises. Today's the day to recognize who you are in Christ. You have been approved by God. You have been adopted. You have been blessed and ready to be put to use in his kingdom. When the Lord called me, I never thought I'd be ready. Never. And a year later, I was at a Christian school teaching 12th graders. Ciro knows. Ciro was there with me. That's 35, uh, 35 years now. More, more than that. One of my students is sitting back there, Jean Marie. Never thought I could do it. I was ready to be used in his kingdom. Saints, you've got the envelope this morning. Everybody's got that envelope this morning. This is the, offer. This is the real deal offer. This is no fake offer. This is the real deal offer. There's no tricks, no small print. All you have to do is accept.